Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere and even earn money. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or your computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating a podcast today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify and when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&A and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I love engaging with my audience with the Q&A and the polls. And I also love the fact that I can upload my video podcast on Spotify because I know my audience love watching it sometimes when they're traveling on their commute. I highly recommend you give it a try and you can download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com forward slash podcasters to get started. Hi guys and welcome back to A Millennial Mind. For today's episode, I'm so excited to introduce you all to my next guest. He's a presenter, a performer and a producer and most recently known for his skits, The Planet Parley. So without further ado, I'm so excited to introduce Planet Parley. Hello, how's it going? I should have probably just introduced you as Parley, not Planet Parley. I was Parley. just going to say, um, side note to anyone who's meeting me for the first time, the first name Parley. I've done loads of shows and things and people are like, so Planet, like how did you get into making videos? And I'm like, it, that's not my first name. Especially yeah, when, I go India. when I go to India, they're like, Planet, sir? Planet? <laughs> I'm like, that's actually not my first name. Parley's a really name. You should have said your full name, like a normal person, but... No, that's real, right? you gave my world an introduction, which is really sweet. <laughs> well, I'm so excited for you to be here, and I'm so excited to talk to you. I feel like I've been waiting forever to speak to you. Um, but for people who don't know you, I mean, if you don't know Planet Parley... <laughs> I need to stop calling you that. If you don't know Parley... You've been living under a rock. But for people who don't know who you are, just give a little bit of an introduction about yourself and tell us what you do. So in simple terms, I make videos about growing up South Asian in the UK on the internet. Um, I create sort of pop content online that sort of entertains people or kind of lets people dig deeper into their culture. Um, And yeah, alongside that, I present TV sometimes, um, radio sometimes. Um, yeah, that's the best way to explain it. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't want to give it too much of an in-depth sort of an analysis of yeah. what I do because people will be like, "Whoa!" But yeah, basically, I'm one of those YouTuber, influencer, presenter types, creatives. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. that's the best way to that's the best way to put it. I reckon. <laughs> so what I want to talk to you about today is the Indian expectation on careers. You haven't taken so much of a conventional career as Indians would put it or Indians would perceive it to be. Mm-hmm. And I guess I just want to start exploring, you know, why we have certain career expectations within the Indian culture and where they've almost stemmed from. Um, it's a wicked question, firstly. Uh, I think there's so much to this, like... Mm. People see it as a negative thing, but I think one of the biggest things um, with being Indian is that 
success is a big part of our culture so like an end goal so whatever it is whatever you are doing there needs to be some sort of final sort of thing that you end up with so it's yeah. like we're very much into this idea of future uh, future future proofing ourselves so if we have a business we need to have some sort of guarantee that it will be successful if we are studying we need to know that there is some sort of job available and you know what that position already is so yeah we're, we're visionaries in the sense that we like to know what's next a lot of the times Definitely. and i think i think that's not neg necessarily a negative thing but um it's almost become too rigid over the years and i feel like with indians living in the west there's even more of an expectation because there's more opportunities there's more of a chance of you being successful if you go down one of these conventional routes so i think that that indian expectation of you know you should be this or you should be that comes from that and mm -hmm. i feel like with us i.e. children you could say of like migrant parents migrant indians there's there was more of a struggle to sort of establish ourselves within society yeah. and you know become people who are a part of the fabric of britain so because of that there was less of an opportunity to sort of take a gamble or take a chance and do something unconventional and fail definitely so it comes from this whole thing that actually you can do what you like but you have to be successful so then the next question is that well actually how successful can you be if you work in the creative yeah. industry or if you you know work as an actor or a dancer or a creative or a comedian or or just something that doesn't have a guaranteed success rate or we don't have many examples where lots of people have done that and been successful whereas if you become an accountant the chances are you will get a job in an accountancy firm um and also that you know about 100 accountants too yeah. right so someone you know growing up someone who's already done that you know someone yeah. who will you know give you a leg up in the industry or give you advice yeah. and that sort of thing and i think that's where it stems from more than anything like now if we were to give the success rates of working in the creative industry versus i don't know trying to become the owner of your own uh dentistry sort of practice people would be yeah. shocked to see that it's actually such a struggle i have friends that have become yeah. dentists and pharmacists and they're telling me that they're struggling and in my head i'm like how your dentist come on you have it on paper don't you i mean that's my ignorance right like but they're all telling me that now actually it's really difficult in london you know there's too many dentists i'm like how's that possible like surely with the population of like you know 12 million or whatever it is in london that <laughs> need lots of dentists so it it's that we have this idea that certain jobs are more successful and other jobs are less successful so chase the ones that are successful so you are living more comfortably and it comes from this deep rooted care that indian people have for one another like we are very caring like whenever i go to india um, so the first thing that they ask is how is your health how are you feeling how's your have diet you and it's so weird yeah have you eaten and i'm like that's some of the questions you're asking about my health are so personal whereas in the uk as brits we're sort of like oh how's the weather oh yeah it was raining yesterday oh, it's a bit warmer today oh yeah hopefully it'll be a good summer or like yeah this winter's not been as cold we talk about the weather here whereas in india the culture is to ask about you and your well-being as in your physical well-being um 
So we come from this caring culture. So I, I suppose that's where this expectation culture comes from. Definitely. And I think also from my perspective, my parents, when they, all they wanted was stability for us, right? So how you say we have a very caring culture, I definitely think that's true. And they only want careers that are going to be stable for you. And about 20 years ago, when we were all applying, or not 20 years ago, not that old, 10 years ago, when I was applying, I was looking at things like optometry and dentistry and medicine. Now, I did not get the grades to do either three of those subjects. Um, but, you know, those were the things that w were good and what you had to do. And then eventually I did law because uh, growing up, I was always one that spoke out about things or would argue or, you know, always one that was outspoken. So people were like, oh, you'd be a good lawyer. But that, That's literally what happened talking. with me. They were like, oh, you talk a lot and you argue and, you know, you yeah. so be a lawyer. You always <laughs> So they, all, so they were like, you should be a lawyer. So then I studied law and I absolutely hated it. It was the most awful time because I didn't enjoy the subject. And so I didn't want to learn. And actually we had a family friend yesterday who said to me, can you tell me about law? And, can, and I was like, I'm really not the best person because I really wasn't passionate about it. I think in order to make a decision about what you want to do, you need to explore the things that you could be passionate about. But I think from our parents' perspective, it was really about stability and making sure, like you said, we had a purpose, we knew what we were going to do, we were future-proofed, we weren't going to be left in the lurch. Um, and I think as them, as uh, immigrants coming into this country, they, you know, had to struggle a lot more than us because they didn't yeah. have the same educational prospects that they gave us. So, you know, they did have to struggle and therefore they just didn't want us to go through that. So I 100% think that that is what it was like for them. Do you still think that these expectations exist? Yes and no. So like, I think the good news is that because there's been like a surge in visibility of people like myself and even people like yourself who are doing things that are in the creative sector or in the media sector, all of a sudden it's almost slowly becoming normal. So people yeah. are like, oh, actually someone can do this and, you know, actually be paid for it or like work in this industry. Um, yeah. Sure. So like people especially like the next generation of parents, like Indian parents, they are realizing that actually there is options and opportunities there. And there's also this element of, well, I didn't get these opportunities. And like, at the end of the day, I want my children to be happy in whatever it is that they are doing. So yes, I, I want to push that. But saying that, like, this idea of success is so deeply um, embedded in our culture and our DNA that it there is still like you know a sizable sort of Indian population here in the UK especially that will still go on and pick something safer because they know that success is ultimately what will give them the life that yeah. they thought is the right way. So like, you know, most people they are told that, oh, you know, you will be happy once you find a partner, settle down, buy a home in, you know, the suburbs, send your kids to either a grammar or a private school, drive a nice car, holiday about three to six times a year, wear these clothes, <laughs> watch these films, go to these places for drinks, do these things, and you will ultimately be really happy. Definitely. Or settled. Settled is the best word that everyone always says. Like, you're not settled. You need to be settled. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that, whole, that whole, yeah, once you settle down, you'll be really happy. And I feel like 
that model, the reason why it worked so well for our parents is they genuinely didn't have the privilege or the time or mm-hmm. the reach to even dream about that sort of happy, the, the sort of happiness where you literally sit on your sofa with a cup of tea and go, what is happiness? They didn't have that. Their yeah. happiness was pay the bills. And if you've paid the bills and you yeah. buy your kids some toys and maybe go on holiday or just do something for yourself or spend some time with the family for Christmas and Diwali and maybe go to India once a year or Africa once a year or just have a holiday here and there. Your happiness is done. And like, why are you asking for more? You don't deserve more. Yeah. You've worked, you've made the money, your kids are happy. Now my happiness is done. Whereas our generation are like, okay, I had the privilege (laughs) of like having almost everything growing up, obviously with the touch of the busyness, of course, as well. But what is happiness? What is making me truly happy? Is it working in a nine to five where I'm working for a corporate, which is, yeah, it's fun. I have a good drinks culture. I'm making a stable salary. But am I waking up? on a Monday morning and bouncing out of bed from excitement or am I going, oh, I have to commute into Central, get this work done, oh, I'll be fine once I have a coffee and get there. So we're beginning to question these things and that's what puts us in that changing position, I suppose, right? Definitely. No, 100%. And I guess, there, like you said, there's loads of positives from having these certain expectations. We are, I think a lot of kids are very successful and they've been given the great greatest of advice. They've been given great advice. But I guess what's sometimes the negatives or the problems with having these certain expectations? Well, you you can end up living like a plastic life, isn't it? This you you follow the expectations and you, you get everything, but you're not ever truly happy. And so you've just lived this life where you are meeting expectations, but you internalize everything else that you are feeling. And then when you internalize what you are feeling, that actually has a negative impact on people around you. Yeah, um, definitely. If you, if you um, like dig deep, I suppose, into the Asian community, I'm sure that there's plenty of issues you find on like emotional abuse within couples or domestic abuse. And I'm not saying that these are higher within the Asian community or lower or it's our, like some sort of Indian problem that we have all these things happen. But in order to be a successful community, we should be looking at these issues as well. And I feel like when people internalize their issues or they live like this life where, you know, they're, they're, they're chasing someone else's dream, they're not really and truly happy. And then that has a negative impact on everyone around them. So like there's this, negative energy sort of in the circle which is being built from falseness so there is a negative impact because the amount of people I meet like they'll be like oh yeah I used to do this and I'm like well why don't you anymore and they're like oh well you know now I'm busy with work and I'm like well you can still take it on as a hobby or do it on the side but they genuinely just don't have time so like a huge part of them that they're having to give up and I'm not saying that you know life isn't something that where you're not going to have sacrifices of course you are like I have to sacrifice so much as it is for doing the creative work but then you always have one thing you want a bit more than the other right the end and obviously the grass always seems greener on the other side but still you have your calling and something that you know really gets you going and I feel like this year especially a lot of people are realizing like from being at home that actually 
the job that I've been doing for like five years, I absolutely hate it. And the things that I'm doing at home is what I want to do. I'm going to just do a 360 and set up a business or I'm going to start doing, you know, a podcast like, like what you're doing, Mm -hmm. or I'm going to start making YouTube videos, or I'm going to start painting Mm -hmm. or cooking or something else that's not doctor, dentist, accountant, lawyer. And I think the pressure of being fitting into a mold, and I've and I've seen this in loads of people, is that it ruins relationships because parents initially put pressure on you to do well, like you said, because they want to see you succeed. And I, I truly believe that, you know, my parents did put pressure on me to study, but if I didn't study, then I wouldn't be where I am today. I wouldn't be able to do this because I'd be doing another job, you know? So I'm really grateful for having that pressure, but there are some children who are faced with so much pressure that, they have to be an engineer or a doctor or a lawyer or a dentist or whatever they have to be, that it removes any joy of learning. Yeah. And I think there is so much joy in learning. And I honestly could say at school, at university, I hated studying. I've always hated studying. And then when I did a postgraduate diploma, when I did that in business management, I loved it. I felt so happy. I was so excited to learn. I would do all the homework. I do all the reading. I mean, I've kept all of the readings now because I read back on them every weekend because I loved it. And the only reason I was exposed to that was through my company. Now, the other thing is, and what you've just said just now is, you know, it's very hard to figure out what you want to do when you're doing a nine to five job. You've got children, you've got, you've got to work out. You've got all of these other pressures on you. You know, how did you find what you wanted to do? It's always just from day dot known that I want to work in some sort of creative industry, whether that's on the stage or whether Mm -hmm. that's around cameras or whether that's in a branding meeting or whether I've always known that. And I feel like I, I was one of those people that just always knew a lot of people don't know. And I feel like a lot of people don't know because they've not actually been given that sort of access to even access that emotion as a child. Like, I see so many parents when I'm working around children and even if their child like is coloring in for too long or something, the parents will be like, okay, enough of that. Like, okay, now look at this. And I'm like, your child is enjoying that so much in school. They are spoon fed, you know, a curriculum and whatever. Mm-hmm. And of course, I'm not denying the importance of academia and all of that. That's so important. Like I am where I am because I did a Bachelor of Science at the end of it. Like I had to learn about the technical brilliance of creating digital content and, you know, filmography and videography. I, I did that in a technical remit sort of thing when I studied at uni. But I would have never really wanted to learn about the technical aspect if it wasn't for, um, if it wasn't for the fact that I, you know, did the colouring in and did the creative stuff. So my parents were never really sort of like, you can't do any of that. They were like, yeah, of course, do it. Like, it's fine. Like, if you love creative stuff, then do loads of creative stuff. And I feel like a big part of that has to do with the fact that both of my parents are really creative, whether it's in the kitchen or around the house, or if my dad might be painting or my my mum might be crafting, Mm -hmm. um, or they both come from a really, really like strong creative backbone. And that's, I've seen a sharp contrast contrast between my uncles and aunts that have no yeah. creativity whatsoever. And they'll reach out to my parents. They'll be like, oh, like with my mum, my mum is the sari tying queen in the family. So if there's a wedding, really? they'll just get my mum on it because they know that my mum can literally drape anyone and just make them look magnificent. I need to call her. This has a way to like look at the person and like, it's like she gives them sari therapy. And then my dad, 
not mm. only is he amazing at cooking, which is a little bit unconventional for a man of his age, yeah. being an Indian man, but he is also um, like the family painter. So like he's always painting and things like that. So I've had that. However, they would work like more typical jobs in the sense that, that were based in offices and things like that. So because I had that around me, I suppose that I did honour that and like love all of that. But I don't think all Indian children have had that. A lot of them have had this idea that all of that is just like fun, but it's not really work. Um, and I think that's the biggest part of the problem. We, we've not respected it as work. And like, like you said, like, when you did what you wanted to do, you were in love with it. I was the same. Like when I got to college, I studied business studies, um, media studies and graphics design. So pretty much what I wanted to do. The only subject that I wish I studied and didn't was theatre. Um, because mm -hmm. I do so much sketch making and online presenting yeah. and acting and that sort of stuff. Um, and I was in love. Like when people cry about that A-level experience, I'm like, what? Yeah. for me, it was amazing. Like I love graphics design media I still like yourself I look back to my media study notes now or when I'm watching a film yeah. I'm, I still remember everything that I learned and people are like how why do you even like care and I'm like well probably because I studied what I wanted rather than yeah. being forced so to do something that really wasn't me um but what's interesting when I had to do that management di like diploma afterwards with my company I really didn't want to do it because I was so afraid of going back to university again also I did it at Warwick so going back to Warwick where I studied my law degree I was just like I hated studying law I found it so arduous I really really didn't enjoy it and I used to feel so anxious all the time yeah. and then when I and then when I was almost forced to do this I loved it. And I think that's the importance as well is that, you know, it's so important for people to really see what people are doing. And I think that's why, you know, people who are sharing their experiences and talking about how they got there and giving advice on how what to do really helps them. Because ultimately, I do think people underestimate how long and how hard it is to work for yourself yeah. and to also create content. And we spoke about this the other day. And I actually told my brother because he watches you all the time. And I said, did you know, Parley had to really learn Gujarati and really ask all the time and do skets over and over again. And he was like, really? I thought he just, I thought he was just amazing. I was like, so did I. Like you don't realize the amount of time and effort that goes into doing yeah. each and every single video. And even with this podcast, you know, when I was doing an audio version before and it was just a podcast, I was fine. I was working really hard and I was churning out content every single week, organizing it, recording it. Now I'm like, wow, there's so much work involved. And I think people don't often know that. They just look at the success and they think, oh, I want to do a podcast. Oh, I want to do YouTube. I'm going to get 10 million followers. They don't see how much time and effort it takes. Right. So I guess... You're, you're absolutely right in saying that. I was just going to say that um, it, it's this visibility thing, right? So everything comes down to visibility. Um, and today in in 2020 in the 21st century visibility is everything if there was more people like yourself who can show the world how happy successful engaging and confident someone can be if they went and did something like a management diploma yeah. then more people would actually do it but for so long the visibility of what is successful has been doctors dentists entrepreneurs or people yeah. people that well, I'm going to say entrepreneurs, but I mean like a conventional entrepreneur. Um, yeah. That's been the idea of what is successful, what is great, what is glamorous, who 
has a big home, who drives a fancy car. And those things have equaled happiness. And that's what people have understood is let's be happy with that. Whereas now, because you were doing what you were doing, I'm doing what I am doing and countless others, you know, there's so many people, the internet's full of people like me, I always say that. And because of that, people are actually like, well, actually this can be like something I can do to find my own happiness or find my own success. But it has taken hours and hours and days and years of hard work and loads of doors slamming in your face. And yeah, you yeah. just don't understand. You're like, what? I've done literally all the requirements. I've climbed every single rung of this ladder and now I'm just being like pushed off the top. And you just become a skydiver by the end of it. You're just so used to just climbing up, falling down, and then climbing up, then falling down, then climbing up, falling down, <laughs> spending like days if not weeks sometimes almost feels like a month where you've just done nothing achieve, achieved nothing earned nothing as well money wise as well right and then yeah. something will happen and you will get back to work and an email will come through and it'll be like the gig of your dreams and you say yes sign that contract and you're back to work but a lot that takes a big toll on yourself like you have to have to give up on this idea that you will be doing what everyone else is doing. You have to give up your weekends, your Friday nights, your mm-hmm. social lives, your, how, how you spend as well, how you holiday. Like I now holiday at the end of the year when I'm like, okay, actually I've done enough work this year. I'm, I do deserve a holiday. Whereas other people just book them like in March. And I'm like, what is January? How can you be on holiday in March? But I suppose you find, you find your own system, right? You find what works for you. What, um is letting you pay the bills letting you earn fulfilling you developing you and i like to have this like triangle which is mm-hmm. like your earnings your development and your fulfillment so first thing all indians look at is earnings like oh am i gonna have enough money to yeah. drive the car i want or the home that i want or enough to save up for the house so that's really and it's important also i think i think some i think some people say you know oh it doesn't matter how much money you earn it, it definitely yes. does it, and i feel you, like it, and i think people place that i feel like that's one of the biggest things that a lot of people in the creative industry ignore and i think that's actually a negative thing because you're putting hours in you're producing content you're actually shaping someone's whole entire day by creating something like in in this pandemic when you've not been mm-hmm. able to go out or meet up with people you've been indoors consuming television film digital content music all of that comes from people like myself who are working on those things they're not made in two or three days it it takes a lot of time so for you to have that laugh or for you to cry an emotional scene or for you to connect or for you to feel uplifted or for you to watch the news and be like wow this is happening on the other side of the world it comes because there's people like myself who are working hard at that and none of that's easy so we do need to get paid and we do need to get paid fairly so money is important then your development's important like a lot of people are like why don't you just make you know one video a week why don't you just make comedy content a week and the thing is it turns into a cheap thrill like okay i made another video yep i've got this many hundred thousand views or whatever with loads of comments great and you're like well am i even developing i'm doing like the same character the same accent the same everything literally the same everything like I why do I feel so stale and bored like okay my audience is happy but am I happy from it so your own development's important and then that comes down to fulfillment are you fulfilling your dreams like 
that you can get into this thing where where you're doing something publicly and people love you for that and then you're sort of like yeah but what about what I want to do like I don't want to just make comedy videos I want to do a serious role or I don't want to just make videos where I'm in them I want to film other people's videos as a producer or actually I want to work in radio as well like I need to explore these things for my own fulfillment to see where um where I can position myself in the industry so they're the, three, oh, they're the three things I always tell everyone about your earnings, your personal mm-hmm. development and your like fulfillment at the end of the day. Can you come home so, from a long day of work and feel like, oh, yeah, I had a really fulfilling day. Yeah, I love that. I think that is such a great model. I think people listening or watching this are going to really enjoy that. I hope so. <laughs> No, I love that. I think it's so lovely. And you touched on a few things I want to talk to you about. One was, you know, resilience and making sure you persevere. And I think that really is what you said. It's in your DNA. But the other thing you touched on, which I really found interesting, mm-hmm. is you know what you said about career. So, you know, people always say, you know, the one thing I think within an Indian community people go on about is respect. You know, you'll always have respect if you're a doctor, you always have respect if you're a dentist or you work in the medical field or you're a lawyer or whatever. But somehow when you say you work in the creative industry and, you know, you make YouTube videos or for me, I do a podcast, people are all sometimes are like, mm, okay. And there seems to be a lot of negative judgment. When you decided to leave your job, your corporate job, how did you deal with that negative judgment? So I, if I'm honest with you, I didn't get too much negative judgment from like my family or people around me because mm-hmm. it, it's a confidence thing. And if you, yeah. have to, if you have to put a front up, then you have to do that because you now yourself are a brand, whether you are yeah. a restaurant owner or whether you are launching a podcast or whether you're doing YouTube videos, whatever you're doing, if you want to go down that hole, I'm going to work for myself and I'm going to leave mm-hmm. the job. No one is going to feel confident unless you do. And I was thinking about this last night, actually, where a lot of what you do is believing that you are crazy enough to achieve all these crazy things that you do. And you have to do it in a way that you're not putting on the confidence for anyone but yourself so you know like I always say that sometimes we dress up we look smart and we're not actually trying to impress anyone apart from when we look in the mirror and go oh my god I feel like a king I'm completely today and someone later on might be like oh like why are you dressed like that and it's just like well what about you I feel like an absolute don so I don't care what you're thinking and you just have to do that I think that's a big part of what I did where um I didn't really care what other people were thinking, especially because there's no point asking like a doctor on what type of paint to finish your home with. And you're not going to ask a painter decorator on how to, I don't know, amputate someone's hand. Like you, you have to ask the right people for the right advice and guidelines. So like, you have to remember that sometimes people will criticize you, but you also have to remember that like they might not be the right people in terms of v- validity. So like, there's no point listening to people on the internet. I always say this to people, they're like, how do you, how do you work on the internet? And um, you know, you get all these negative comments, but I, I always say, but who are they coming from? I'm like, they're usually faceless yeah. profiles of nobodies. I'm like, it might as well be a voice in your head. 
if the if yeah. the criticism is coming from someone you look up to if it's coming from you know an academic or a professional in the industry if someone mm-hmm. is mentoring you and saying parlay what you're doing is wrong then bow your head down and actually take that in criticism is the best thing you can you can get it's like the sandpaper or you know the polish to yeah a piece of art and it's not like just ignore it and do what you want that's what makes you careless but i think there's like a four difference a uh, four word a uh, four letter difference between careless and carefree so be carefree with your creativity and your goals and your dreams but don't be careless so like it's that balance like never let your pride turn into arrogance where you're so obsessed with yourself you can't see your own shortcomings but never ever ever let that light dim down and even if it's a dim light appreciate that actually a dim light can be really beautiful as well it doesn't always need to be like fire every single day of the week where you're just like you know really really over energetic sometimes it's just like a quiet sort of confidence that yep yeah, i'm content today's been a quiet day but i'll move forward so yeah Wow, you really are inspiring me so much today. Thank you. I've, never, I've, never, I've never heard that before. So lovely. But, you know, just on other people's opinions, I have been someone who's always cared about what the people think. And, you know, the fear of not, I think sometimes it limits you in what you want to do because you're so fearful about other people's opinions, like you said. And, you know, this is so important. What you said is that when you believe in something yourself and somebody criticizes you for it, it's okay because you're so confident in what you believe in and you're so strong in that, that nobody's comments will affect you. But the other thing I've realized recently, and I can't remember where I heard this, but people's opinions always change. And so if you're focused on what they're gonna say, it's gonna change the next day, it doesn't matter. And that has really helped me recently to just not care because they change on a daily basis. And often what I find is when you're successful and you're doing really well, people's opinions will always change around you and then they'll start to support you. And that's how you really fish out, I guess, the good and the bad. Um, That's one of the best things I've heard all year. Like people and people's opinions are always changing. Gosh, you need to quote that. Tweet it or something. I will tweet it. Tweet that and be like, read read what you said. It's so true. People's opinions are always changing. And there's there's been so many incredible people who started off and were ignored or never appreciated like no one appreciated them and then after they've become someone all of a sudden everyone's like amazing what an amazing story oh my god you had nothing you started with nothing and it's like yeah i did knock on your door when i had nothing but you were but i'm never one of those people who leave a bit of taste who leaves a bit of taste in their mouth i'm like well yep that's a part of life i'm never a lot of people really would be is. like, oh, they ignored me for five years and now they want my help. Mm-hmm. I will never help them. And I'm like, well, no, don't become like them just because you're successful. But also, now. you know what? It also is, you know, if people I've got for the second season of the podcast, I reached out to the first season and they didn't reply. And that's okay because in the fact they also needed to see potential in you for them to come on the show and for people to be engaged and for them to also give up their time so i think if i had an attitude of oh i already asked them and now i'm in my second season and they're asking to be on it that would never create a healthy or or right relationship it would just boost my ego and actually i would just end up losing so it's really important i think to always try and understand the reasoning behind it as well mm-hmm. i think it's very difficult for sometimes when people are the opposite when they're really negative about you 
and then they're really positive. I think it's very difficult to understand why. But often when you do dig deeper and you show empathy and you show compassion, you really understand that it was just coming from a place of insecurity or worry or fear. Um, and ultimately, I really think it's important to really share success as well. So if somebody is rooting for you, then that's great and appreciate for them. Doesn't matter if they were hating you before or they were rooting for you to you know, not do well, but it's important that they're doing that now. But people can change and I believe that forgiveness is a big part of like life and as he's just said about empathy and compassion in fact you know this whole topic is expectations on in indian sort of culture and the rest of that but if you look back into indian culture and hindu culture um like dharmic culture overall then forgiveness compassion, love, destroying your own ego, understanding that your ego is your biggest enemy. All these things are a huge part of our culture yeah. too. So that's been a huge, 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 huge force in my life. Without that, I could not have ever, ever done what I do. Because the thing is, you always have this um, option when you're doing all these things to sort of feed negative energy with more negativity. But what I did and what I still do is I placed any doubt in a higher force and looked back to something pure and positive that isn't connected to any people, but is is connected to something divine. And that's what's helped me ultimately just continue con to, to continue doing what I'm doing, to look mm. into um, Hindi scriptures, to let those things guide me rather than constantly being obsessed with people. I'm a huge believer in like good positive energy. And a huge believer, as you said, that people are going to change. Things are going to change. Um, so you, you kind of... Like mindsets are going to change, you know. People will... But like you said, the more and more we talk about this stuff, people will think, oh, okay, I used to be like this. Okay, I want to change now. And we have to allow people to go on their own journey. I'm not perfect by any means. And I'm sure everyone has their own flaws. And if you're always held to those flaws and you're also going to be recognised for only your flaws, then how are you ever going to find the strength to change, right? Exactly, 100%. And th that whole idea that people are perfect is literally where I think the issue lies, I suppose. Like, you have to understand Definitely. that everyone has, a, everyone has flaws and they will change and they might even come back to those flaws, but everyone's on their own individual journey, I suppose. So, yeah. I completely agree. So one thing you said to me when we spoke last was that, you know, a lot of people ask you around career advice mm -hmm. and, you know, what to do and how to start up. What advice would you give for people listening and watching this if they wanted to start a yeah, creative? Yeah, yeah. So first thing I always say inside of like me, you, you want me to answer these questions because like a big part of working um, in the media, especially someone that's young and I don't have anyone in my family that particularly did these sort of things my cousins and aunts and uncles and even a lot of my f like close friends that I grew up with they're all successful in their own right but not in this sort of industry so the big mm -hmm. imposter syndrome that happens as well like I watch myself on tv yeah. like, what like how did you become a presenter like come on like yeah. pause for a second like how did any of this happen so the first bit of advice that I always say is that you really, really, really have to create multiple avenues into what you are doing. You need more than one road in, whether that's okay. if you are running 
let's say you want to start up a business in the creative industry or something like that. You need to understand that it's so fragile that you need to create multiple opportunities for yourself. So if you're knocking on one door with this hand, make sure you're knocking on another door with this hand. So if that door doesn't open, then that one does. And as soon as that one doesn't, be ready to knock at another one. So you literally have to be on it and on the ball. You have to make it your life as well. There isn't this, oh, I'll spend, you know, two hours once a week on the weekend. It does not work like that. I'm just being really, really honest. Like you really have to want to want this. Like there's no, oh, I'm going to take it slowly. And that mm -hmm. you, you can slow down when you get into traffic sort of thing, but really you have to be ready to put your foot on the gas pedal and ready to, you know, hit 80 miles on the highway sort of thing. That's my personal advice. I would say that put your blinders on. Don't worry about what anyone says. Don't expect any sort of direct support from your family. Be ready to fall out with people that you thought were your best friends, because when you start doing something unconventional, something different, something unheard of, something new, it rattles people. It makes them feel unsettled mm -hmm. and that can bring out a negative energy in them. They might become jealous or envious or they might begin to worry about you. They might tell you you're doing the wrong thing, but ultimately you have to decide whether this new thing that you want to do is the right thing or the wrong thing for you. So be your own boss. Um, mm -hmm. and yeah, don't give up. I know it's really cliche, but don't give up and just understand your own process as well as a human being. If you fail and you feel low, you're not going to feel low forever. If you process that, mm -hmm. don't turn it into baggage that you carry around, process it, give yourself, you know, five days to feel sorry for yourself, mm -hmm. watch Netflix, gloat about life, read sad quotes on the internet where you feel a little bit <laughs> sorry for yourself. And then slowly, 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 you'll get over that. And you'll realize that actually, okay, I processed that and I'm ready to, you know, get back on the bike and, bike and start pedaling again. So it, I really, really, really hate this idea that if you want to be a presenter, you have to be constantly happy. If you want to be an actor or a model or someone on the internet, you constantly need to look, okay, no, you don't. You're allowed to break up. You're allowed to cover that exactly. makeup. You're allowed to feel crap. It's, you're a human. I feel like nature giving you these emotions because you're meant to process them. So sometimes the tide will go out, sometimes the tide will come in. Adapt, 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 adapt. That's my biggest sort of advice, I suppose. Yeah. I think everything is also temporary. Yeah. That's what definitely. my mom always Everything's subject to change, like you said, right? So, yeah. Definitely. And, you know, it's so important to not. It's, it's important to also process your feelings. I think some people just have this toxic positivity of like, always be happy, always be happy, everything will be okay. It's like, no, sometimes I just genuinely need to cry and I put on a sad movie and I just cry. And then the next morning I feel better and my skin's nice because I've been crying. So it's like all the, all my skin looks gray. I wake up and I'm glowing yeah, and I'm, there we go. Yeah, therapy, it's a thing, isn't it? <laughs> exactly, it definitely is. But you know, the one thing I think is important is that if you have to work really really hard and people always say how do you do it well I wake up early and I sleep late however what I also have realized and I posted about this is that during this lockdown I have felt a lot slower and though even though within the first season I was churning out videos every single week I've also recognized within my body that this season when I've been trying to do that I found it really difficult and that's okay if I'm a little bit slower this time 
it's okay. It doesn't mean I'm not recording four podcasts a week. It just means I'm not editing and then rele releasing them and showing them every well, week. So the thing is, you realize, right? Like actually that you were, it comes back down to your, that triangle thing, right? Like, okay, you're making lots of content. You might be earning yeah. from it or whatever, but your fulfillment begins to fall because you're not looking after the other part of yourself. So fulfillment doesn't actually just come from your work life. It comes from your personal life. It comes from your me time. It comes from the time you spend with your family on your other things that you're doing in life as well. So like understand that fulfillment isn't just work, work, work. It can be, you know, sitting and doing nothing or just yeah. lying around and moping around you're allowed to do that I suppose, yeah. as well you just have to fit it into your timetable and not let exactly. it turn into a, like a negative slump where you're like oh i'll do it tomorrow i'll do it tomorrow i'll do it tomorrow because that tomorrow will never come and you still need to have that i think work ethic and discipline discipline is the most important but you know, you also need to not let yourself get burnt out because then you don't start to think of these great ideas. You won't have the room to have space to think about what the next one is gonna be or the ideas that you wanna share. So it is important, I think, not to burn out too. Mm -hmm. But I think you need to publish. I think you need to publish that triangle. Really? I think so, it's amazing. Trinity, Trimurti of excellence. Yeah, maybe. I think people are Thing, this triangle everyone's someone's going to publish it before you i think you should publish it before i publish this video yeah i might i might post about it <laughs> on my story and be like hey i, I did this vidcard yeah. with shivani and it's going to be like hey so just before someone steals it i think for sure yeah 100 percent. and I, I i do i do work with this triangle with a lot of people that i'm like mentoring or that are younger and want advice yeah. as well um or just like no, friends and family i always tell them that like think of life like this and I, there's another thing I always say that a lot of people say that there's not enough time there's not enough time I've not had time I've, I don't have time and I always say that if there's 24 hours in a day eight of them you spend sleeping you're left with six yes. right so then another there's so much time there's so much time people are lazy in my opinion <laughs> sometimes and lazy and just unproductive they, they they become unproductive because they don't think systematically and like this is where I say that academic studies are important because it teaches you to meet deadlines. It teaches, it forces you to do things that you don't want to do. It puts you out of this comfortable sort of environment, like creating content or making videos or running a business isn't about you being on some sort of comfortable journey that is just so exciting mm -hmm. and cute photos and posts on the internet like oh today i did this it's really not that it's really uncomfortable mm -hmm. it's such an uncomfortable experience the amount the amount of things that i've done that have made me so 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 uncomfortable and people are like but you look so confident doing it and i'm like yeah but really inside i was dying when i did that theater show or when i did my yeah. first radio interview whatever but you get better you learn from it from each time you are uncomfortable your calf muscles get stronger at treading the water and then that becomes a part of like you know your muscle memory to deal with being uncomfortable if you if you don't want to be uncomfortable then i would say i'm very sorry just give up now but if you can deal with that actually you can learn something from being uncomfortable and then actually the things that once made you uncomfortable will actually make you comfortable then continue i agree i completely agree so before we close, I feel like we could talk about hours, if I'm honest. Too much. Before we, before we do close, I want to ask you, what's the one thing you change around the Indian expectation on careers? I think 
let me let me do something a little bit different. I think one thing that I wouldn't change is this whole idea of chasing success, 100% chase success. But the thing that I would change is what do we define as success or what do we yeah. define as good? Because then that whole idea of expectation is a good thing. This whole idea that, you know, um, yeah. chase a career with no expectations, that's not fair on you. You need, in, in a society that we live in, I think that you are going to have some expectations and expectations are good right like mm -hmm. yeah I agree. if you're it's a hot day you're outside a swimming pool you're you're going to jump into the water expecting it to be cold so you you have an expectation it's going to cool you down right otherwise you wouldn't do anything the whole idea of you taking action or moving is because you know that there's a little bit of an end goal but we just have to sort of redefine what is good and what is bad so once we do that then it's okay to set healthy expectations rather than it just being this constant negative thing where, you know, we're not working to fulfill our souls and like passions and things as well. So like, I, I wouldn't change everything about having expectations. This, I wouldn't say that, oh no, give up. Like we Indians, we shouldn't expect whatever. When and if I have children, I will literally have so many expectations as well, but I will wire them around the children rather than children wiring them around me yes. that I will work a bit more like the wire in a circuit rather than the battery or the light bulb I'll let them be be the light bulb and I will help I'm loving your theories today yeah I feel like I feel you should write your own inspirational book that's literally how I get through life it's just analogies that I'm constantly creating I love them they're amazing that, that's my and... process right like I always say to people Find your process. Find what you yeah. write for you and what works for you. Some people use usually analogies as well, but I'm no way near as articulate as you. <laughs> no, I, I'm always I'm always creating analogies like that. But I think I think that's what it is. Like expectations are good, but if you do them in the right way, um, and not turn them into these toxic, like negative, really, you know, like difficult sort of things where it just becomes something that is just horrible and not nice to process I agree and you know I've had I feel like I've learned so much from this conversation I'm gonna have to watch it again and write down notes especially your triangle I really need to put that on my wall I've got all like content all over my wall so I'm gonna add that to it actually I'm really so glad I'm so glad that you like that no, I really did. And I just loved recording this podcast with you. I love how uplifting it was and positive you were around the expectations. And I'm just really grateful to have spoken to you. So thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for having me on. I had an amazing time. And, you know, you're, you're going to do great with what you're doing. I can't wait to see more of these, these videos that you're creating. I'm sure you're going to get some really interesting people on. And you always have my support, yeah. even if I take ages to respond. Yeah. So thank you so much. Oh. No, thank you. No, thank you so much. And I'll see you soon. See ya.